it's your own. Then you had to trust it that it is going to be towards your betterment at the end of it all. If you don't trust your own process, then you'll always be piggybacking off somebody else and hoping that that person's process is going to be your process. You are now listening to We Are Crayons, the podcast. Conversations with Trinidad and Tobago's creative thinkers and makers. We'll delve into their processes, their struggles, and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals. I'm your host, Dan McNichol. Do enjoy. Roll Morel, welcome to the show. Thanks thank for you. the time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right, Good so, to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so Roll, tell us who you are and what you do. I delve in a bit of the creative. I've been doing so since mid-90s while in college. If you're creative, you know you've, you've done this span of doodling to drawing to graphic art to graphic design and then creative design and then art design and art direction and the whole gamut. One of my later appointments would have been team lead within the digital space. So, you know, working with kids, <laughs> 20 years your junior, but way, you know. Way, way, way advanced. Yeah, yeah. And you were at that, at that age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were in our space at that time and we were doing stuff that, that we thought were fast. It was like, mm-mm. I want to go back into your childhood to paint a picture of what helped form the person that you are today. Were you surrounded by creative influences? Or is that something that you had to find on your own and then you honed? Can you walk me through that? I think I was surrounded by creativity from birth. My dad is a musician. My mom was a seamstress. My mom had this six by, let me say six by, by two by three box. Mm. It was, I think it was from a, an appliance that they bought early in their marriage right. that she kept and she used to put scraps in it, scraps of cloth. Mm-hmm. So after a while, it, it became filled with, but these scraps of cloth that became my world as my creative space growing up. So every day, come from school or whatever, even before school, I would jump into that box, right? And that box of cloth was whatever. It literally was whatever it wanted my mind to be for that particular day. My dad was also a taxi driver. So I would mimic him. I would spend hours driving in this box as a bus. It was huge in my creative process as a kid. Mm. That's how it was growing up. And then my dad was into music. He played double bass and pan, specifically double second. He was also an arranger. So, you know, mm. he did a lot of arrangement with pan and 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 that and jazz music and that sort of stuff. So right. I grew up in that cycle as well, right. playing around pan and drums, which I eventually picked up later right. on. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm okay. a drummer. I also almost became a professional drummer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you finished school, did you have a particular career in mind to say, all right, so this is what I want to pursue? Or did you have to like find your way through that before you settled on, on one thing? I think most of us find a way. When I, I was in my teens, I because I was into cars and specifically Porsche, I bounced up Andy Warhol by pure accident because he did an art car with Porsche and he doubly doubly said, oh, Andy Warhol. And then all of a sudden you're Andy Warhol guy. Similarly with, with people like Peter Minchel, for instance, here, right. you know, you grow up, you see Tantan and Saka Boy is like, suddenly I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Minchelite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a Minchelist. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of it, you saw somebody struggle. Some of these people went through and you're like, do I want to be that mm-hmm. person struggling mm-hmm. in a creative space? Right. Um, and then you had, you had your parents who's like, well, 
do something with your life. I mean, they gave me a lot of space to do what I want. But at the same time, daddy was like, so. What are you doing? What are you doing though? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you put that aside and so I, I, I followed a degree in, um, in IT. Right. Did bachelors and stuff. But it, it always came back to something in the creative space. And by creative, I meant music, art, design, mm. fashion. It falls somewhere back into that thing. When I was in college and I was doing my I was doing my degree in my second year, I met one of my mentors, a guy called Duriata. And I was doing a course that required designing a t-shirt. And then I went to Dury. I need to get this converted digitally. And then he was like, Well, sit down, fix up, try your best. It was supposed to be a half hour session with him. End up spending the whole day mm. in front of the screen, and that was it. It just bellowed. So, what was your first job really within the creative space? My first job within the creative space, I worked for a company called Bordercom International. Initially, doing web design for them, but then they they made me a teacher within web de- within the web development side of it, and I also became their art director. Graphic work is all about solutions to problems. So the problem was back then, there were so many different courses that the, that the company did that they wanted to display, but they wanted to do it effectively because their competitors were doing stuff with the agencies, the big boys and putting out and they wanted to, that same look and feel, but they didn't have the pocket. So yeah, it was a challenge. How did you progress? Is it that opportunities arose out of doing one thing or you had to make your own way to get to where you wanted to be? But a bit of both. Just to go forward to 2001, I had just finished an attempt of a company with a guy called Miles Abraham, who mm-hmm. now runs Simply Intense. Right. Uh, we had a company called Soapy Frog. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Soapy Frog. Um, we, we tried something for about a year, but we were young. It didn't, didn't happen, but good experience in terms of learning on your own. And then at a different level, when you cre- when you speak to other creative directors and other art directors, like you could call that name and name right. drop and it's like, and they're like, so you did that? Yeah. Okay, but well then we need to talk because of A, B, and C and an opportunity is coming and I think you are good for this team and blah, 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 blah. And that's, that's how I developed. That's how I progressed. Um, some opportunities were good. Others were not so good. And then you realize probably need to be on your own for a while. And do the, the single journey and okay so you stepped out on your own how did you handle the challenges of doing that being part of a, a structure in a creative space where you have a, a ad or director then you have your, your seniors and you have, you have your cds and that sort of stuff it, it's a collaborative thought process right. going forward as opposed to working on your own you have to be very critical of yourself you have to be mentally strong to criticize yourself and say okay we in, we're not here yet we need to go again that conversation with yourself is not an easy conversation mm-hmm. because on one hand, most times you're working with deadlines. You're, if you're single, you're going up against the agency style, which is a bevy of artists. Your clients don't want to hear that it's just yourself doing this. They just want to get, they need to get results. And I think a lot of creative people who go on their own, unless there's a person next to you who can honestly give you that, like, mm-mm, nah. That font in, 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 in no, no, go again, or mm-hmm. unless you have that person there, you go down a road where you think, well, yeah, I'm sliced bread, but you're still flour, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you hit a wall, right? You hit a wall where it's like, ah, uh, and then you ask the question, how come I didn't see the fact that my work was slipping all, the, all this time? How come I didn't see this then? 
at that point, you need to have that very uncomfortable conversation. I had a conversation very early with myself. So I knew there's some clients, there's some jobs. I say, yo, not that, I, not that I'm not able to do it, but simply what you need, it's not within my space. Here's a name to right. go to. And it's not, it's not, it's not me of myself as an artist limiting myself. It's simply you know where your you know where your strengths and where your weaknesses. That's like, right. That's and, right. And you play to your yeah, play but, to that. But you don't even though you play to it, you don't you don't limit yourself. It's like right. at the end of the conversation when that person leaves or that that conversation is complete, it's like okay, fine, let's not have this conversation again with a, with a future client. Right. Okay. And you push yourself. Right. Right. You push right. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because it 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 may have been something that you didn't think. You needed to to know at the time. So That's say right. for instance, like okay, oh, all right, three D, yes, is thing. But somebody up now approaching you to do three D, and you're like, there you go. Okay, no, I can't handle this right now. Do that, and next person come out. Yeah, I could do it because I went and I did. Okay, so that's how you would have approached it, and that's how a lot of like 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 currently now I'm in digital. I do digital marketing. I do social media, um, and I. I saw the the shift in the scale from print to digital early, so I be I jumped into digital. I was like, "Yo, need to learn this and learn it quick," because there are dudes, as I said earlier, twenty years your junior that doing it and they're producing, but you need to because if you don't, no, no, no. So as you mentioned, process, what, apart from, I guess, gathering that inspiration and stuff, how would you outline your process? Is there one or you just go with the flow and see where things take you? There is a process. So let's say the client wants to sell shoes. Talk to them about their pillars. Let's, let's find out what it is that got you where you are. So that's what you're doing with me now, having that conversation, understand their process, and then you, you build their pillars based on that. And from the pillars... You develop the content and the content is really and truly it's all about storytelling it's all about converting within the digital space a viewer who's scrolling at a thousand thumbs a minute to a buyer once you understand the process that gets them to buy we then build the concept around that understand where they want to go that's different from understanding the kind of clutter they want to bring in it's right. two, it's two different things because what they do they love they love making shoes they love making shirts they love Making hangers. Where do they want to go with it? It's different from, well, I want to get a thousand people to buy my pieces within a month. And creators, we need to understand that business and that, yo, it's two entirely different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing, a thousand likes for a picture when he puts it up on his Instagram or Facebook is different from him wanting to get $10,000 from one piece. And feedback is fuel. I live by that mantra. Feedback is fuel. You tell me what you don't like about this. Just because I am the one wielding the creative side of it. Tell me what you're not feeling. Royal, I'm feeling this. You lost the direction here. Fine. Let's have that discussion. And then we go from scratch. If you don't allow a client or someone that's part of the process not to be able to voice that opinion of, I like how this going, or be comfortable enough to say it, then what are we doing within our space? And then all of a sudden, you find, you get the email or you get the conversation saying, well, you know, we're exploring other options, blah, 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 blah. That conversation you could have avoided if you simply said, Dano, what do you like about this? Talk to me. What it is? You would find that a client may not like a particular color. So you're doing a piece, for instance, and you're using a lot of purple in your work. If you don't have that discussion about what really and truly they're looking for, 
you find out they would never tell you. They would, and as far as the client is concerned, the client is saying, "You supposed to understand. I don't like purple, you know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but unless you have that conversation, it's like, yeah, yeah. Dano, what is you don't like, like about this? Talk yeah. to me. He's like, I need boy roll. You see that purple? It, it, it's riding my boy. Mm-hmm. And boom, fine. Let's change it to yellow. Plum, plum, like plum, which is really purple. Yeah, you want to go plum? Yeah, yeah I prefer plum. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, make the logo bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah make yeah, the logo okay. bigger. Um, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, pet peeve: people who stay long after the tra- traffic light turn red, turn green. Sorry, you see that done. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Horse, light turn green. Okay, look left, look right, go. <laughs> you did ask. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. You would not believe that. Oh, that annoys me, right? Oh, and I'm not a rushful guy. I not I don't mean to quit must have now. Yeah. Somehow that specific act of light and green, 1,000, 2,000, 2,000. Go! All right, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. So if you had a billboard that you could put one message on, what would that message be? Hmm. Wow. A digital billboard, like just a, a plain billboard. Right? They'll, try, they'll, they'll try and <laughs> they'll try and complicate it. If I had to put a something on a on a billboard, trust the process, because that's it. At the end of the day, your own process, your own journey, your own whatever you want to put to karma, your own spirit filled movement flow is your own. Then you had to trust it that it is going to be towards your betterment at the end of it all. If you don't trust your own process, then you'll always be piggybacking off somebody else and hoping that that person's process is going to be your process. That's powerful. Hashtag trust the process. Roll, thank you for coming by, bro. Appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. Yeah, appreciate Looking forward it. to being in the chair and you in the couch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it happen, man. We'll make it happen. This is Roll Morel. And in a big box of crayons, I will be rambunctious black. Please share this episode with someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on abigboxofcrayons.com. Follow us on Instagram at abigboxofcrayons. The We Are Crayons podcast is a production of A Big Box of Crayons. All rights reserved. Until next time, friends, remember... We are all the same in the fact that we'll never be the same. Stay colorful.